today on Ring of Truth with Pastor Dan Sexton. Gird yourselves and lament, you priests. Wail, you who minister before the altar. Come, lie all night in sackcloth, you who minister to my God, for the grain offering and the drink offering are withheld from the house of your God. Consecrate a fast. Call a sacred assembly. Gather the elders and all the inhabitants of the land into the house of the Lord your God and cry out to the Lord. Have you ever found yourself in a situation where things just seem to be going from bad to worse? A place where you don't know up from down or left from right? Where everything seems to be falling apart? In today's message, Pastor Dan shares about a time like this in Israel's history. The good news was that God was using their situation to get their attention. He wanted them to see the trouble they were in so that they would repent and cry out to Him with complete sincerity in their hearts. Now, here's Pastor Dan in the book of Joel chapter 1 for today's edition of Ring of Truth. This crisis was unparalleled in Israel's history. No one alive remembered a time this severe or anything like this ever happening before. This is something you're going to tell your kids about and your grandkids about, your great-grandkids. You're going to be talking about this for generations. It's that severe. It's never happened before. Nothing like this. Not unlike the times that we're living in. I don't like the times that we're living in today. We live in very unprecedented times. We've never had a time like this in our history. We've never seen anything like this. And I want you to know here and note this, that during times of crisis in Israel, God always raised up a prophet to proclaim the word of the Lord to his people. God always raised up a prophet To declare the word of the Lord to his people. During a time of crisis or national emergency. The people needed to hear the word of the Lord. And a crisis in the nation became a time for a fresh hearing of the word of God. For God's people. We see this in the New Testament. With the ministry of Jesus Christ. Mark chapter 6 verse 34 It says, when Jesus saw a great multitude and was moved with compassion for them because they were like sheep not having a shepherd, he began to teach them many things. I don't know if you've ever thought about that, but Jesus could have done anything he wanted, right? He's Jesus. He could have, you know, started working miracles in front of the crowd. He could have done anything he wanted to in response to that crowd, but he taught them. He looks at this crowd that are strung out like sheep without a shepherd, that are weary, and he gives them a Bible study. He begins to teach them the word of God because that's what they needed. In the opinion of Jesus Christ, that was the best thing he could give them. And I think that's a pretty high opinion, right? They needed to hear the word of God. That's what... People needed to hear in the Old Testament. That's what people needed to hear 
in the New Testament. That's what believers need to hear today. They need to hear the word of God. You know, during the time of the Roman Empire, there was a famine in northern Africa, which was part of the Roman Empire. And Caesar Nero in Rome, he heard about this famine in northern Africa in his empire. And so what did Caesar Nero do? He loaded up his circus into ships. And he sent his circus to North Africa to entertain the people and to take their minds off of their famine. The people didn't need to be entertained. They needed food, right? God's people don't need to be entertained. They need food. They need the word of God. They need the meat of the word, right? Especially in a time of crisis. And so we see God always raises up a prophet to proclaim the word of God to his people during a time of crisis in the nation. He does that with Joel. Look what he says in verse 4. He now describes this plague of locusts that has hit the land of Israel, the land of Judah in particular. What the chewing locusts left, the swarming locusts has eaten. And what the swarming locusts left, the crawling locusts has eaten. And what the crawling locusts left, the consuming locusts has eaten. Now verse 4 describes the developmental stages of the locusts, the chewing locusts, the swarming locusts, the crawling locusts, and the consuming locusts. What verse 4 is indicating is that the plague of locusts completely devastated the land. There's nothing left. There's no vegetation left at all. Now, when we read about a locust plague living here in Maryland, you probably think of cicadas, right? That's what I think of, especially with a cicada hatch this past year. You know, cicadas are a curiosity. They're at worst a nuisance to us. We don't really get the whole idea of a locust plague. We don't have locust plagues here in Maryland. So let me just give you some facts about some past locust plagues in recent history. In 1888, there was a swarm of locusts in the region of Israel that covered, listen, an estimated 2,000 square miles. That's the size of the state of Delaware. A plague of locusts. In 2004... There was a swarm of locusts in Morocco that stretched for 142 miles. That's greater than the distance from here to Philadelphia. Scientists estimated that that swarm contained 69 billion locusts. One million locusts can eat as much food as 5,000 people in a day. Swarm had 69 billion locusts. A locust can eat its own body weight in a day. Have you ever tried to do that? It's not easy, (laughs) right? It's really incomprehensible the amount of destruction and devastation a swarm of locusts can bring to an agrarian society, and especially in ancient Israel. In 1915, a swarm of locusts invaded the land of Israel. It was called Palestine at that time. It was documented by National Geographic magazine. You can find the article online. You can find the pictures that were part of the National Geographic article. That swarm of locusts was so large, it blocked out the sun. So you couldn't see the sun. It arrived in March, and the swarm of locusts immediately began laying eggs. 
And they counted and estimated that in one square yard, the female locust laid as many as 65,000 to 75,000 eggs in a yard. In fact, the article talks about how the local authorities mandated that everyone was required to collect the eggs out of their yard and turn them in to local authorities or face fines. Once those locusts hatched, because even though they collected the eggs, it really didn't make that big of a difference. The hatched locusts, they didn't have wings initially, so they marched along the ground, progressing 600 feet a day, eating everything in their path, literally down to the ground with some plants, smaller plants and bushes. They ate it all the way down to the ground. They didn't just eat the leaves. They ate everything down to the ground. Some plants, they ate the root system of the plant as well. When you see some of the pictures, there's nothing left from the plants that were consumed. The people, they tried digging trenches and creating fire lines to stop the progress of the locusts. They tried flamethrowers, but nothing worked to prevent their spread. The Romans, the ancient Romans, they called locusts the burners of the land. Because after a plague of locusts, the land looked like it had been burned by fire, scorched. So in Joel's day, there's this plague of locusts like never before. No one had ever seen anything like this in the land of Israel. The land was completely ruined. Which again, that created a famine and that created the collapse of the economy, that agrarian economy. Why did God use locusts of all things? Well, if you're taking notes, you can jot down Deuteronomy 28, verses 38 and 42. Deuteronomy 28, verses 38 and 42. Now in Deuteronomy 28, that's before God brought the children of Israel into the promised land. And he told them, if they obey his commands, he will bless them and he will bless the land. But if they disobey, if they rebel against him, he will curse the land. And in Deuteronomy 28, God lists the blessings and the curses that he will bring. One of the curses for rebellion was locusts. Locusts will devour the land. Deuteronomy 28 verses 38 and 42 say, You shall carry much seed out to the field, but gather little in, for the locust shall consume it. Locusts shall consume all your trees and the produce of your land as part of the curse for disobedience. Another verse you can jot down is 2 Chronicles chapter 7, verses 13 and 14. Now, 2 Chronicles 7, 14 is a verse that you might be familiar with. It's a verse that we, we hear, especially over the last 18 months. You've heard it a lot. Verse 14, 2 Chronicles 7, 14 says... If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven and will forgive their sin and heal their land. But verse 13, the verse right before that, says, When I shut up heaven and there is no rain, or command the locusts to devour the land, or send pestilence or disease among my people, If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I'll hear and forgive their sins and heal their land. That's the context. We'll return to Pastor Dan's message in just a moment. 
first, Pastor Dan would like to tell you about the new Calvary Chapel Ellicott City app. We recently launched an app for our church and we're really excited about it. It's designed to keep you connected to our radio ministry, Ring of Truth, as well as to our church, Calvary Chapel. And get this, we have over 1,200 sermons on the app. The app is super convenient, it's easy to use, and allows you to listen to Bible studies anytime, anywhere. So download the app right now, search for Calvary Chapel, Ellicott City in your app store, or just follow the links on our website at calvaryec.com. What a great way to stay connected to Scripture. Now, back to today's message on Ring of Truth. God says, if I shut up heaven and send a drought so there's no rain, again, it's an agrarian economy, or if I send and command the locusts to devour the land. I send pestilence. I send a pandemic. Then, if you pray, humble yourselves and seek my face, I'll hear, I'll forgive, I'll heal. So why did God send locusts to devour the land? Because God warned the people that this would be the judgment that he would bring against the nation for their rebellion. So this plague is the judgment of God. And the purpose is to encourage the people to repent of their sin and turn back to the Lord. So again, verse five now, awake, you drunkards and weep and wail all you drinkers of wine because of the new wine, for it has been cut off from your mouth. The drunkards felt the impact of this plague. No more wine. There's no booze. You know, during the shutdown, They kept the liquor stores open and they deemed liquor, the state government deemed liquor stores essential and churches were non-essential, which that's a whole different sermon for a whole different time. But the reason they said liquor stores are essential because they knew that if people couldn't get to their booze, it would create all kinds of social and health issues. And so they kept the liquor stores open. You know, it's a sad commentary on the state of our society when it's necessary to keep liquor stores open for the drunks, but close houses of worship. It says a lot about where we are as a society. This plague was a wake-up call to the drunkards. It should get your attention. There's no more wine. Wake up. You know, Romans chapter 13, verses 11 to 14, it says to us as believers, and do this knowing the time, But now it is high time to wake out of sleep. For now our salvation is nearer than when we first believed. The night is far spent, the day is at hand. Therefore, let us cast off the works of darkness and let us put on the armor of light and let us walk properly as in the day, not in revelry or in drunkenness, not in lewdness and lust, not in strife and envy, but put on the Lord Jesus Christ and make no provision for the flesh to fulfill its lusts. God tells us to wake up too the times that we're living in. So verse six goes on for a nation has come up against my land strong and without number. He's describing this plague of locusts as like a, a nation that has invaded the land an invading army. His teeth are the teeth of a lion and he has the fangs of a fierce lion. He has laid waste my vine and ruined my fig tree. He has stripped it bare And thrown it away, its branches are made white. They literally would strip all of the bark off of 
olive trees, for example. Israel is described as God's vine and God's fig tree. Throughout the scriptures, God describes Israel as his vine and his fig tree. And stripped bare. Its branches are made white. The bark's been stripped off. Lament like a virgin girded with sackcloth for the husband of your youth. This is speaking to the whole nation now. The whole nation should lament realizing this is God's judgment against their rebellion as a nation. This is a spiritual issue in the nation. Verse 9, the grain offering and the drink offering have been cut off from the house of the Lord. The priests mourn who minister to the Lord. The grain offering and the drink offering, which was wine, has been cut off. Now, this is important here. The grain offering, the drink offering, were made every morning and every evening in the temple. They were daily offerings that they would make. But the offerings have been cut off because of this plague of locusts. In other words, people can no longer worship God if they don't have the offering. So they can no longer Worship God. The temple services have been shut down because there was just no more grain. This is God's judgment against the nation. It's his wake up call to the nation. Now, just to help you understand how important these offerings were to Israel at other times in their history, the priests continued to make these offerings while the city was under siege. They didn't even stop for that. 63 BC, when the Roman Empire first came into that area, they laid siege to Jerusalem. The Romans actually launched boulders that weighed over 600 pounds into the city. While those boulders are being launched into the city, the priests were continuing to make these offerings in the courts of the temple. So they didn't even stop when the city was under siege. Later, 70 AD, when the city is once again under siege by the Roman Empire, the Roman army surrounded the city, cut off their food and water supply. The people in the city, in the city of Jerusalem, they had nothing to eat. They were starving to death, literally inside the city. But the priests continued to make the grain offering. It was that important to them. They've got grain and they're not going to use it to feed people. They're going to use it to worship God. It was that important to them, But now the offerings have stopped. The worship of God has stopped. You know, it's one thing if the drunkards can't get their wine. It's another thing when the people are no longer able to worship God. It's a whole other thing when God shuts down his temple temporarily. That's the great catastrophe. In this plague. That's the thing that should get the attention of God's people more than anything else, more than the whole wine thing or the food and all that stuff. But hey, we can't go to the temple. We can't make the offering. That's why back in verse 3, the Lord says, tell your children and your children's children and make sure they tell their children about this time in our history that was so unprecedented where we couldn't even worship God. We couldn't go to church. Verse 10, the field is wasted. The word wasted here, it means violently destroyed. The field is violently destroyed. The land mourns for the grain is ruined. The new wine is dried up. The oil 
fails. Be ashamed, you farmers, wail, you vine dressers, for the wheat and the barley, because the harvest of the field has perished. You know, the farmers and the vine dressers, they've worked all year, right? Caring for and tending to their farm. And, and now they just watch the fruit of their labor devoured in a matter of hours. And there's nothing they can do about it. They can't stop it. And they're totally hopeless, helpless. The vine is dried up. The fig tree is withered. The pomegranate tree, the palm tree also, all the, and the apple tree. All the trees of the field are withered. Surely joy has withered away from the sons of men. Usually harvest time was the most joyous time of year. You know, all your hard work and all your labor finally pays off. You're finally rewarded with an abundant harvest. But the joy has withered away from the sons of men. There's nothing to harvest. It's all gone. Now in verse 13, we have the solution. Here's what Judah should do. Here's the way back to restoration. Gird yourselves and lament, you priests. Wail, you who minister before the altar. Come, lie all night in sackcloth, you who minister to my God for the grain offering and the drink offering are withheld from the house of your God. Consecrate a fast. Call a sacred assembly. Gather the elders and all the inhabitants of the land into the house of the Lord your God and cry out to the Lord. Now, this locust invasion, it likely lasted maybe four or five months. And then the locusts moved on. And eventually the vegetation began to grow back and the land recovered. But I want you to note here what Joel does not say. Joel does not say to the people of Judah, just hang in there. In a few months, this will all be over. This time next year, life will be back to normal. No, instead, Joel calls the nation to repentance. He tells the priests, gird yourselves, prepare yourselves for repentance. And he brings up again that the offerings are withheld from the house of the Lord. Let me remind you again, you can't worship the Lord. That tells you how severe your condition is as a nation. God has cut off your worship. You need to consecrate a fast. You need to call a sacred assembly. You need to gather the elders and all the inhabitants of the land. You need to go in the house of the Lord and you need to cry out to the Lord for mercy. It's good advice. Not just wait. This time next year, life will be back to normal. No, the nation needs to repent. Verse 15. Look at verse 15. Now look what he says here. Alas, for the day, for the day of the Lord is at hand. It shall come as destruction from the Almighty. He asked me how I know, and I say, bring truer than the finest crystal. You've been listening to Ring of Truth with Pastor Dan Sexton. Pastor Dan has been teaching through the book of Joel, and he has more to share with you next time. In Joel 2.25, it says, So I will restore to you the years that the swarming locust has eaten. Are you in a season that relates to this verse? 
Perhaps there are circumstances that seem impossible to restore, and yet God gives these kinds of promises in the Bible, proving that He desires to rescue and restore the things that are broken and seemingly destroyed. If you're in a devastating place, feeling hopeless about the metaphorical locus in your life, would you call and talk with us? Our desire is to hear your heart, pray with you, and ask God for healing from this trial. Our number is 410-491-4592. That number again is 410-491-4592. You can also send us an email through our website, calvaryec.com. Just find our info under the About tab. If you're not connected with a local church, we encourage you to find a church family that will help guide and support you in your faith. And if you're in the area, please join us at Calvary Chapel, Ellicott City in Columbia, Maryland. For more details, visit calvaryec.com. In our next edition, you'll have the opportunity to learn additional things from this Old Testament prophecy book. Pastor Dan has more to share from the book of Joel here on Ring of Truth. I see the signs and I recognize the 